The underdog is howling. Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. Third preseason game, if you will, the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Uh, we're going to look at approach. Yes. Uh, we got to get down to the 53. Got to get down to the 53. How bad? Did you watch Hard Knocks at all? It's so I, bad. I watched like one and a half. And like, I had you ain't one missing of them anything. On. I had one of them on. I just like, wow, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like watching Mets baseball right now. How's that? All, 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 all those all those preseason Mets like to reach the World Series and Mets World Series matchups that I that I made thinking that Bauer was gonna be the Mets. Mm. LGM. Let's go Mets. All right. That's right. Still you, got you're games. There. That's right. You got games so- left. Your Yanks are rolling though, so you're you're Yanks. in How about my Yanks? Yanks. How about Booney even pulling the trigger right there on Chappie too? Get out. We got to get oh, this win. Yeah, he he's a complete Love liability. Love and, and that and that and that's ultimately why in the postseason they're not really a threat to win anything because in the past their bullpen has been the strength of the team, and you you got nobody right. in that pen right now who you can trust. And after. Tyon and, and Cole, who do you really trust in that rotation? So. They're, getting Clu- they're getting Kluba back. Kluba. Oh, yeah, they, that'll, that'll help. Hey, that'll be got- great. Terrific. Uh, all right. Pop, there's Popping pop pop 86 on the radar gun. Why doesn't anyone give the race credit? I, because, they're so good. Because I think people hate them because what they do works. Like, like in, the, the middle, the, in the middle of this Yankees win streak, they're playing the A's and the White Sox and just, just giving it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just yep. nobody nobody says a word. No race. No, I, I I I made a I made a word when I when I when I hit that like minus two seventy five or whatever it was to win the AL East, like for okay. whatever the. Yeah, I don't worry. I, I I'm right. paying attention. Don't worry. Did I see Pluto? I think they're still plus four fifty to win the pennant. That's. I mean, they don't even have glass now either. It's like, yeah, all right, no. yeah, we're good. Next man up. No. Yep. All right. And be interesting to see what the Astros did when. Astros get Arcidi back. Astros get Bregman back. That'll, that'll be interesting. Speaking of Tampa Bay, is there any teams that could go to the Big 12 from Tampa? UC, USF, maybe? Maybe they want to go there? I don't know. Uh, Whatever. They, There's we, your transition. Can, they, they might give, it might give Kansas a win. <laughs> let's get to the Jayhawks. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the Big 12 bear. We're going to run through every team here. Sorry to the people in Boulder. I'm very upset. You were mad about last week that we didn't give any love to the Buffaloes and how close they were last year and what their outlook uh, looks like this year. But every time I read something on Colorado, they lose another quarterback. So let's get healthy and bolder. You got AM coming in early. I'll make a statement after that game about your Buffaloes. How about that? All right. Uh, Big 12. Uh, I saw this stat, which I thought was interesting. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I've been a – a fan of what the schools in the big 12 have done from a coaching side and the names that they've brought in, whether it's Kansas state, whether it's West Virginia. Now I even put Kansas on that list because this is a guy that you need in light pole. But when I, in the last decade bear, and you know, this probably off the top of your head in the last decade, the 2016 OU team is the only team to go nine and zero in the big 12, which I think says something to the competitiveness of the league. Now, people, and I've been as as bad as anybody, you know, when you turn on that 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 noon Fox game, and you're, or I should say, you turn on the new uh, 
3.30 Fox game, and it's the third quarter of a Big 12 game down in Lubbock, say, between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. But I think, you know, things are changing. You know, West Virginia's, you know, pride themselves on getting their defense better. Kansas State has tried to do that and and, and run the ball more now uh, with my man Deuce uh, in Manhattan. And credit to the uh, Fox for making that 3.30 games now. I believe they make it 4.30. So good, good on them for extending that window so uh, those teams aren't waiting. But let's start where everybody wants us to start. Let's go to Lawrence. Um, the Jayhawks checking in at one and a half. They got South Dakota coming in uh, week one. Um, Coyotes. The overs plus 160, by the way, on the one and a half. Their conference win total is set at one, correct? Correct. All right. And just a couple stats for you when you're looking at this KU team. I got to get these out there. Since 2008, 7 and 98 in conference. That's right. 7 and 98 losses. Uh, five winless seasons in the last 10. And we go from there. Lipo brings over six guys from Buffalo. I would imagine they're coming because they could play there. He also brought in a transfer quarterback from North Texas and Jason Bean. They gave up 46 points a game last year 46 we were on it we were on it early uh they backdoored cover against me I remember with West Virginia thanks to Puka and a kickoff return that I still can't believe happened is there even a thought of the over with light bulb well I I think there could be I mean if you're going to assume that they're going to beat South Dakota which I think most people will and I, I guess people think that they can beat Duke uh that that is not the way I'm playing it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm playing it that Big Twelve conference win total of one. Okay, uh, it's a free, it's a free roll. It's a free roll that they go winless. And again, another number since the Mark Mangino left, mm-hmm. they're six and ninety one in the Big Twelve and zero and fifty on the road. Maybe they pull an upset in his first year, but but they're not going to be at least right now preseason projections. Uh, they're going to be like a 14-point dog in every game. Like like yeah. the K-State game is the, is, is the smallest spread, and that's like a two-touchdown game. So maybe they pull one big upset and I push with one win, but they're not going to win two. I lay the uh, the juice with the under one. If I push, I push, but I, I don't think I'm going to lose that bet. So under one, and that was actually one of my uh, my bigger investments of the uh, of the preseason. I like that. Bigger investments uh they get baylor at home they get lubbock to come to them uh they get texas tech coming in they get ou at home kansas state at home and end the year with west virginia at home so that's where it's going to happen in conference play i would think it would be a home game knowing that you just mentioned Owen 50 on the road um all right so that's our thoughts on kansas um do what you want with that let's go west virginia here um and I think one of my favorite things to do, as as you hear me and and Bear talk all the time, I want I want a quick one, Bear. And I look at let's see, West Virginia is checking in. You're all about knowing early. You you, yes. you want to be able to reinvest if possible. Yes, and uh, West Virginia is checking in at six and a half um, for the season win total. They open up at Maryland. They're a three point favorite. Okay, if you lose that game, I don't see how you're getting you're not seven. Getting there. I don't see how you're getting there. So a couple ways you want to do it. You want to just take Maryland money line as a three point dog. You could do that in that game. But when you look at West Virginia, you know, Neil Brown comes in, has established things 
from a, I, I would think a stability standpoint? Is it where they were offensively with Holgerson in, in, in years past? No, but I think there is a foundation there. I still do think the talent is a year away. And when you look at what their schedule brings to the table, and I think where the talent has gotten better when you look at Kansas State, when you look at Oklahoma State, they're just not there. They don't have the goods to do it. And when you're going to go in with defense first, you got to have some kind of capability on offense. I don't see that yet uh, with West Virginia. So I'm not expecting big things. And like I said, that win total is all based on that, that first game to me. Well, that'll be the interesting thing to see how uh, Kirk Soraka does in in Morgantown now in his first year. I like Letty Brown as yes. a running back. I, I think he's I think he's a really unnoticed guy nationally. I, I think he deserves a little bit more uh, hype uh, nationally. But yeah, th- th- this is a West Virginia team where I don't know you lose some guys on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of non-committal on this total. I, I don't I don't feel really strongly one way or another about it. But but I. Uh, I kind of like Maryland in that opener. I, I don't, I I don't know if West Virginia should be laying laying a field goal on the road, especially with the, with the weaknesses in that secondary or the departures, the mm-hmm. question marks, I should say, in the secondary with, with Demas and, uh, and, and Talia. Uh, I could see myself taking Maryland uh, uh, on the money line on that opener. That's a, a quick one. If you want to know, if you want to go under with West Virginia, root for Maryland in that first game, you could do it a couple of different ways. Lubbock, Texas Tech checking in at four and a half. What do you got for conference wins on Texas Tech? Over under two and a half, under minus 130. Mm. And they open up uh, Big 12 play at Texas September 25th, who's actually, obviously, we'll get to has, has a big start to their season. See, the good uh, thing is they get two of their winnable games. Like they get Kansas on the road and they get Baylor on the road. So they're like two games that they could potentially win. Yeah, because their other one, they start the year going to Texas and to West Virginia, mm-hmm. which are, um, you know, then they get, they're, they're they going to be underdogs. Too. With Wells, I mean, that thing went late. I, I don't, I don't, I just worry about what the mindset of the team is. Like it was as late as possible where people thought mm-hmm. he was done, you know, and I know. in the time frame, like, you know, nobody had it worse than Kansas, um, but you had to do what you had to do there, regardless of when it went, when it happened. I worry about them being able, having a good camp. And uh, they lost the quarterback, obviously, uh, to Michigan. When they had it rolling, you know, with Leach, they always had a guy. You were Obviously, Crabtree comes to mind. And, and, and skill guys like that. And, and Cootie, even with Cliff, where they were able to score, they just – I thought they would – you know, Wells would be better defensively. But to me, that's a problem of having to adapt with what you have defensively when you can't have your core values. And that's been, to me, the biggest struggle – for, for people in Lubbock. So it's just, it's a stay away from me. Uh, out of conference, you get Houston, Stephen F. Austin, and FIU. The number I said is four and a half. Uh, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't have a lean on either side of that. It's a stay away from me for, for Texas Tech. Yeah, that, that, that matches up with the with four and a half, and then the conference hole, two and a half. You assume that uh, wins over SFA and, and FIU. Yeah, I'm, I'm not here. I mean, yeah, that, that was a basically Matt Wells. You're hiring Sonny Cumbie to be your head, your offensive coordinator, mm. or else we're firing you. Yes, uh, and I'm and I'm not I'm not sure Tyler Shuck is the answer at quarterback. Uh, w- w- the last time we saw him, he did not play well uh, late in the season for Oregon defensively. And that's a place where you had everything. Like I can't imagine in many better situations coming in 
to be a quarterback, especially in the Pac-12 at in Eugene. And for him to not to be able to do things and, and succeed there is is I'm with you. So that's that's that I was going to get to that with the quarterback. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, Bowman total, leaving. total pass for me as well. Okay. All right. Moving on. Baylor, five and a half. My favorite hire, maybe on the on the offensive side of the ball, with bringing in Grimes from BYU. I think it brings a lot of um, stick to itiveness. Uh, maybe is the word I should because you that BYU offense. You go back and look at, and I understand they had the number two pick calling the shots there, but I just love how they they go about things and, and take advantage of their advantages. Um, now you always point out BYU has a lot of advantages when you look at the offensive line, cause they have grown men at that. Uh, Baylor's not going to have that. They do lose Brewer to Texas tech. It doesn't feel like many people are worried about that in Waco. Uh, but an interesting year, uh, for Baylor. Cause I think there's some interesting games of where and when they play teams. They have Iowa state in a real, uh, tricky spot, uh, to me. Uh, when you look at the schedule and look at what um, Iowa State brings to the table, uh, you know they get them. Uh, where is it? It's actually it's actually a, a, an okay spot for Iowa State. Like they they get Iowa State. Like Iowa State it is it's like the perfect time for Iowa State to to play them. It's sort of in between UNLV and Kansas, two of the worst teams in the country. Uh, I just would say they are going to have twenty five thousand people and Las Vegas for that game. And I just think there might be a little letdown of a little travel going out there, beating the bag out of somebody and then coming up and ramping it up for a conference game. That's all. I think they're going to be getting a ton of points um, in that game. So it's just something I had circled. Uh, knowing what Iowa state starts with the year um, with the Cyhawk and, and, and then yep. that trip to Vegas. So that's, that's why I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Aranda, I think he was pretty honest. Uh, when he talked about a lot of things he was working out as a head coach in year one, when you talk to people that know him, the, they don't, the, the, they won't take many people over him as a defensive mind. But again, it's same thing with Wells in Lubbock to me with Baylor. Do you have the personnel to do what you want defensively? So again, Baylor's uh, Texas state, their big favorite that week one, Texas Southern and who's there? Oh, BYU. I Oh wow, that's interesting. Grimes gets to play. Yeah, I know a lot of people Circle that actually that like. I actually, I actually know a lot of people that like the Baylor over five and a half, and obviously it's going to come down to uh, they're going to have to beat most likely West Virginia and Texas Tech at home. Mm-hmm. They'll start three and zero. You assume that they're going to beat BYU because they'll be. BYU you think they'll be favored forward. in that game? Yeah, they should be. Okay. Yeah, I think they, I think this is a little bit of a comeback down to earth season for BYU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all you things aside, there, there's the understatement to the. Uh, so there we so go. There, there's there's Hot four take. right there's four right there. So mm-hmm. you, you're going you're you're going to have to beat West Virginia and you're going to have to beat Texas Tech most likely to hit that up win total at six. Have they announced the quarterback? By the way, I have not seen it. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, you. Jared Zeno came in in the uh, in, in that Big Twelve title game a couple of years ago. Played really well. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, uh, Jacob Zeno, rather not Jared. Yes, I'm. I'm surprised they haven't announced him as a starter. So, but yeah, they're going to have to be better on the offensive line. Uh, Charlie Brewer was getting destroyed last year. 
Yeah. Uh, so we, we, we'll see. I, I don't know. That could be a scheme thing too, you know, with Fedora and, and mm-hmm. guys not picking up that, you know, True. knowing how fast he wants to do things. That's what yep. I think. I think Grimes is going to come in and let's fix that right away or do a, you know, do best we can there. All right. Uh, yeah. You talked me into that. I could, I could go over on Baylor there. Uh, what's their conference wins? Baylor's conference win. Probably, probably three. I would three? think. Let me take yeah, a look here. Say. Let me take a look. Three and a half under one thirty. But you could so still can, go six can, and can, six can, win season. This is one. Yep. They're going to have to win in Manhattan to get to a four pull an upset of of, uh, of Texas or Iowa State. Definitely upsets involved in them getting to oh, and that Texas Tech game ends the season. So yeah. I, oh man, you got to wait. The that's whole not that's not that. a terrible spot to be in. You can you can decide whatever your whatever your investment level is and your risk aversion. And and, and and how much you want to gamble? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, is that gives you an opportunity to uh to get off that bet because you can't. You, you would think it's going to be a pretty close to a, a field goal or a pick of one way or another. So there probably isn't going to be too much juice involved in getting off that bet if need be. Yeah, I just don't want to wait a whole season for a season win total. If you get I know you want you want you want it done by the time <laughs> the calendar opens in October. Uh yes. Um. All right, Kansas State checking in at five and a half. If you listen to our season win totals, you know what I think of the Kansas State squad. Um, I, I'm a believer in the coaching staff, obviously a big one against Stanford to get that win total to go. I think they can start 3-0, but then they got they got the gauntlet, you know, with the top three teams, um, as, as people think, with Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in a row. And then I just look at the back end of the schedule at Texas Tech versus TCU at KU versus West Virginia, versus Baylor, and at Texas. I think you win there. Definitely get the seven uh, wins. They get Skylar Thompson back. I talked about why I like that, because of the playmaker he is, and also the, the backup. Will Howard got a ton of experience last year being thrown to the Wolves. Uh, you know, they were undefeated um, in, in the injury to Skylar. That included the win over Oklahoma. Um, Deuce Vaughn really came out and, and showed what he's capable of. Such a good player to watch. Um and I, the staff was honest in reassessing things. The offensive line is back. So I expect Kansas State to do the same thing they've done, is be able to pull that big upset and just be a pain in the ass uh, in this conference. So I, I like that over five and a half uh, for Kansas State this year. One thing that would concern me, uh, the main thing that would concern me with, with K-State is what you mentioned about Skylar Thompson being back uh, at quarterback and how much Kansas State traditionally runs their quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, and the fact he got hurt last year you mentioned the early part of the schedule uh, with Oklahoma State with Oklahoma with Iowa State the first part of that schedule Stanford as well that is hard physical teams that you got to line up with and it would just concern me like the the, the risk of him getting hurt running him 15 17 whatever 20 times a game again mm-hmm and not having him for the back end of the schedule like what happened last year. All those wonderful games at the back end of the schedule, if you're uh-huh. shorthanded, those yep. suddenly become less winnable. So that would be the biggest thing that would concern me uh, about being all in on a uh, on a Kansas State And that's why I like that difference because of the experience they have him behind him with that Will Howard kid. And that's what exactly what you're saying is why I like the under with Penn State with Clifford. Um, knowing that, that you know he's he's a he's a reckless player too, and and like I say, a lot, a lot of guts. I love him. 
Uh, I just worry about that, knowing that Penn State doesn't have anybody it would experience behind him. So uh, I see totally what you're saying there. Um, but I, what's their what's their uh, conference win total? Probably three. Yeah, three over minus one twenty five. Okay, so I'm saying they're gonna go undefeated, and uh, they get Nevada at home too, um, which I think is going to be interesting. And, and uh, with Nevada, Nevada opens with Cal too, so that's real. And we're gonna know what Nevada has right off the get, as we talked about last week, and with the Mountain West. But that's a I have Kansas State winning all their out of conference games to help with that. So then we would only need three conference wins. So maybe a little over on that conference win total also, because we're going to obviously need it to get to the season win total. Anything else on, on the purple cats out of Manhattan? I'm good. Okay. Fort Worth, TCU, coach Pat, coach P seven and a half for the Horn frogs. I have no idea what to expect with this team. Um, they obviously have had Texas's number for years now. I love the quarterback, but I just I, – I feel like them in Oklahoma State, when I get to a point where you're expecting things, they underachieve. The seven-and-a-half number I think is perfect. When you talk to Coach Pat, he's obviously upbeat, likes his team. You're reading everything about how excited they are in Fort Worth. I don't see them being able to beat Iowa State or Oklahoma. I guess they – you know, they'll beat Texas – on the road to Oklahoma and Iowa State on the road. Yeah. So, like, it, as much as I want, I mean, the story's great, the program, what they've done, obviously, all that good stuff. I, I, I can't trust TCU. Um, and I, and we'll get to Oklahoma State, but I feel exactly the same way with Oklahoma State is just when I buy in and I picked Oklahoma State to go to the playoff last year, that worked out well. I can't get fired up on TCU. I, I don't have much on them because I, I, they're, they're the ultimate wait and see team for me. I'm high on TCU this year. Okay. If someone is to upset the apple cart, take one of those Big 12 championship game spots from either OU or Iowa State, it's going to be TCU. Okay. Um, I think Quentin Johnson has a chance to be a special wide receiver. Defensively, I think this is going to be his best defense since that team that made the, that made the playoff run uh, in 2014. I think they start 5-0 and going to uh, Norman on October 16th, I think this team has a chance. So okay. um, All right. uh, you said seven and a half. So I think they start five and oh, and then they still have Baylor at home, Kansas at home. That will be seven West Virginia. I'm over. I'm over seven and a half on TCU. There we go. And defensive line has a chance to be really, really good and put some pressure on the quarterback. Gotcha. You got me in when I'm, when I'm hanging on the side, that's why you're here for me to jump over and uh, we're in um, Oklahoma state also seven and a half number one in the nation in third down defense, top 10 in tackles for loss and sacks. The defense was a hell of a lot better than it was the year before, which is just weird because Did you realize they led the nation in third down defense last year. Yes. Which is incredible. It is playing in this conference. <laughs> it's, um, it's like a must in that conference too, to get teams off the field. Exactly. Chance. And, and that's where it gets to my other point because you think you would be way, you know, and they had two games. I think it was Oregon State and uh, maybe Missouri State that they got uh, postponed. They, they could have got to 10 wins last year. Right. You know, but 76 in the country in yards per play. And when you think of a Gundy offense, they're always going to have a receiver. They're always going to have a running back. You know, could they start 5-0? and I don't see it. I, I don't think they're going to win that game at Boise. 
Um, and then they got Kansas State uh, coming in the week after that, and then Baylor, Baylor and then at Texas. So they got a big start to the season. And for me, it starts with Sanders. I was really high on him after the 2019 season. I thought there was enough good. Turnover machine. <laughs> yeah, it's just been up and down, and I get it. Well, their offensive line, they had two guys. I mean, he got hurt the first series last year against mm -hmm. Tulsa. They had two all-line break legs. Um, Chuba missed time. Tylen Wallace, who looked good for the Ravens the other night, who was a kid I really liked, uh, was dinged up too. So it just feels like when you – and shame on me for thinking like they had a chance against Oklahoma in the last couple of years because I honestly did think they did, and that's just me, uh, I guess, shunning – uh, the team from Norman a little bit, but I know a lot of people feel like they're the team that's going to push those top two teams this year. I don't think so. There's too much unknown for me on the offense and Sanders hasn't shown me enough. How TCU was like the, the team where you didn't know what to expect. Oklahoma state is a team that, that, I, that I don't know uh, what to expect. I, I think it's, I think you do have to just assume that they're going to figure it out on offense. And, and the good thing is now that they have a defense to be able to do it. If, stay, if Sanders stay healthy, and they have a back and a wide receiver step up, which is no reason to believe that they can't. Uh, they, they can be right back in that nine and three tight mix. But I, but I agree with you. I don't think they're going to Ames and winning. And I don't think they're going to beat OU, uh, even though the game is still water. And, and 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 they're the type of team where a loss is going to find them somewhere else along the way. There you go. So I would for sure think TCU has a better year than Oklahoma which if we State. Think, I will which, say which that. if we think three is uh, the number of conference losses that they have, which would be six and three. Mm -hmm. Conference win totals five and a half. Exactly. There so, you go. The guys I mean, know what maybe, they're doing. That, that works out well. And that doesn't assume a loss of Texas or an upset loss somewhere else along the way, which uh, they have a tendency to, to do every now and then. Yeah. That Texas game last year was as wild as it gets. And that feels yeah. like they're always in the mix. Totally, yeah, totally like out, get, out everything. And then somehow they wind up losing the game. Uh, speaking of Texas, uh, we've talked about them a ton already this year. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on them. I don't think the roster is there uh, right now to go over eight wins. Uh, an incredible start to the year. We talked about it with Louisiana and then going to Fayetteville. Um, I think eight and four is a solid season for them. I yeah. think if they go eight and four, they should be really happy with that. Um, I don't think they'll beat either of the top two teams and that meets meets them in the mix. I think they I think they they're good enough to beat Oklahoma State and TCU. Will they? That's another question. And then you mentioned the out-of-conference game. So if I had to pick a side, I would go under uh, Texas on the eight. But I think and you're getting eight and four as a push. I think that's a, I, I'd be happy with an eight and four season if I was a fan of Texas. And I know they don't want to hear that. No, no. They, I, got, I got yelled at for suggesting that they were going to be like eight and four or five and four in uh, in, in Big 12. That, that just, just wait and see because the, the coaching changes were going to make up because Tom Herman and Charlie Strong just blew games because of poor – Poor game plan and poor clock management. So uh, they're dialed in down there in Austin, as always, knowing that their team is going to going to pull out all these. And, and here's actually the amazing thing to counteract that: if you go back over the last three years, I think it's they've had 21 games. I think decided by like, mm. one score games. They're like 13 and eight in those games. Like imagine how bad their record could have been if they were closer to 500 in some yeah. of those games. Yep. So it, it's like. Is is like mediocre or above average or not? I mean, I should say mediocre. Eight and four is a, is a good record. Nine, that's fine. Like yeah. as good as that they've been record wise, they're a heck of a lot closer to six and six than they are ten and two. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm with you. Uh, I, I think if you're willing to do anything uh, with Texas, is the season win total eight or eight and a half? The overall, I have, uh, I have eight from uh, Caesars. That Unders think, minus one thirty. Yeah, and and the, and the conference win total is five. So it, that that's smack on what you and I think that they uh, that they'll be. And then going ahead to the top two here, uh, we've talked a lot about these two teams. Obviously, um, Iowa State, Purdy. I just can't get those three picks in the Big Twelve title game out of my head. You can't. Uh, he he did he did take a step back in the efficiency, but he's what you want, especially there. Uh, a couple guys I did I've been reading about um, that I expect in big years is another playmaker at receivers kid Jalen Noel is 5'10", 175. Campbell's been really complimenting him as a playmaking guy, and they got another big old tight end that looks to take a step forward. I know Charlie Kohler and, and Chase Allen were the main guys. This kid Easton Dean, 6'6", 255. He's going to be number eighty-seven. You're going to want to keep your eyes on them on how they match up and they and they use those tight ends to take away edge rushers and create, uh, you know, advantages in the run game. They get all those three teams that are supposed to challenge the top two, TCU, Texas, and Oklahoma State, all visit Ames, which I think is really important uh, for Iowa State to make sure they they keep their focus and, and know what's at stake here as that game against Oklahoma is in Norman. It is nine and a half. Obviously, the Seahawks game is enormous uh, for that. Talking to a bunch of Iowa State people, they don't want you to come. They don't want game day. They don't want any focus. That's uh, from the people that I've talked to. They would like it just to be normal and just get the win. I take that personally. I I take Um, that personally. Now, that's probably the minority of them. But those are some diehard Iowa State fans that have that game circled for obviously a lot of reasons. Um, But I know you want to be there. I want you there. So I say to my buddies from from Ames, too bad. We want game day there. And we need Iowa to take care of business. Isn't that funny? Uh, They need Iowa to win for game day to come. What else oh, you got in your oh, clothes? Oh, the, the opener against Indiana. That number's yeah. come down, by the way. I know. I like it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Ah, uh, love it. Look, my concerns with Iowa State are that people are a year late on them. Last year was the year to be on Iowa State. All of the signs and the indicators were there last year. I got mocked and refined, whatever. They were within 20 yards of winning the Big 12 championship, which, right. which is totally fine. That Iowa game, if they were to lose again, how they would react to that would certainly go a long way in indicating the season. But if you are as good as the preseason rankings are, indicate that you are as good as your record and your achievements last year say you are in the number of players that they have coming back and the experience and the coaching staff, you win that game. Yes. You, you break the losing streak. You don't you don't muffle punt. You don't blow a, blow a lead late and lose in overtime. Like you win the game, mm-hmm. so do they go to the I, playoff? I can see a scenario where they lose in Norman late in the season. Be TCU get to the Big Twelve championship game and avenge a loss. I, so I can you, see that. So you, if you 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 see Oklahoma playing Iowa State in the title game, I do. Yeah, me too. I, do. I agree with you there. Um, really, I man, I can't wait for their big games this year because. They are the ultimate team. When we're look, talking about teams to break through, and we talked about this, I, I believe in the discipline that Campbell has. They don't have the stars. They have some darn good football players all over, and they have the discipline to keep guys in front of them on the defensive side, 
and give what the defense is taking them. And whether it's, exactly. you know, live live and die with those third and short and, and you got to exactly. play maker at quarterback and they keep the game and, they, and that's how you got to beat the good teams and teams that are more talented. That's the way you do it. And I, I believe they can do it. And that gets to Oklahoma. As much as I know everybody saw, I heard Lincoln Riley this morning with Cannell and, and Dusty and talking about the improvements that Rattler uh, has made. And to me, I know the defense is better. I, I, I see that. They got, you know, McShay's got two of the defensive guys, I think two pass rushers on his on his big board. Oh, Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas are freaks. Yes. And, you know, they did well uh, with the transfers. To me, and I know it's crazy for me to say this, but I think the reason if Oklahoma doesn't make the playoff, it's because of Rattler. I worry about the discipline. I think he's a step behind the three guys they had the last three quarterbacks uh, with Lincoln Riley. And I just I just look at his you know, discipline, whether it's throwing the ball in the coverage, down in distance. Those are the things I think that are going to get magnified. And that's where I see them not being able to get over the hump. I do think they're going to the playoff, but if they're not to do so, I think it's because of Rattler, that Texas game, you know, talk about getting off the hook, but coming back and, and yep. making the most of an opportunity. I'll give him that. But are you going to be, are you going to get the chance to get up off the deck and make the most of an opportunity uh, with, with Texas giving you the ball back like they did in the Red River and also Purdy giving you the ball three times in the Big 12 title games. Are you going to – because now it feels like when those teams get to that next step and then things don't work out, it's because they are self-inflicted wounds. And that's what worried me about Rattler with knowing the risk taker he is. They got talent all over the field, best play caller in the sport, uh, maybe besides Ryan Day. I think I would take Ryan Day over Lincoln Riley. But there you go. Oklahoma, I do think they make the playoff. I just wanted to point out if they don't, I could see that it playing out that way with the quarterback. You and I see Oklahoma uh, very similarly. Like what they did last year, people might be overrating them just a tad because of that bowl game. No doubt. It, what the way yeah, they went out and kicked the crap out of Florida, what Florida had as they should have, it, and and they should have. They would Florida made no bones about it, and saying that our season ended after the SEC championship game. We're just going to play guys who practiced all year and, and deserve to play a game, and, and that's what they did, and that's how they treated that game. But I think people are forgetting that Oklahoma was like you hit on the Texas overtime game. Like they were that close to being one and three. And who the hell knows what happens if Texas makes a play uh, in, yeah. in overtime? And again, you got to give them credit. They wound up rallying. They wound up winning those games. The defense improved. A lot of it was against the the, 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 the Texas Tech, Kansas, Baylor's of, of the Big 12. But they did go out and do it. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think. Spencer Rattler should be this like plus four or fifty or whatever a favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. I do not think he is in the same breath as is is Baker or or, or, Ky or Kyler Murray or or, or even Jalen. He certainly is a runner. Mm -hmm. um, they they do have the most talent in in the conference, and they, no and doubt. they should be the favorite in the conference. But I do not think this is an automatic like cinch. Uh, to win this league, like I think a lot of people are, are trading all you this year. So, um, what have we got for a win total from ten? That was there at ten and a half. No, eleven. Eleven? Oh, yeah. you, ha you have to take. Oh, you have to go under on that, right? I would. I would. Don't think you so. have to go under that they're going to lose a game? I mean, I, I don't think they're. I don't have the number in front of me. But I, that, I mean, that's, every, why, every, that's why. I started with every this. Every year, every year they lose a game as a big favorite. 
Exactly. One and one time they've gone undefeated. One time, one team has gone undefeated in this conference. Uh, and in that was 2017. They were a 30 point favorite at home, lost to Iowa State. Yep. Uh, in 2019, they were 26 point favorite, lost to Kansas State. 27 point favorite last year, lost to K State. A double digit favorite against Houston at 16. Like, like they lose games as big favorite, not because they're a better team. They're going to be a big favorite most of the time. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I think that's kind of a free roll on and under at 11. Uh, I, don't, I don't see 12 and 0 for them. Okay. Uh, that's your big 12. Uh, we both expect Iowa State to play Oklahoma in the title game. Um, and we played out the scenarios where we see both teams uh, making the playoff. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, let's go to the Big Ten. Let's start at the top with the Big Ten. A little roller coaster here as we start with the bottom of the Big Twelve. Um, Ohio State. We've said plenty of times on this podcast coming into this year, they've taken over from Clemson as having the biggest drop. I'd say as as a tier, they're in their own tier in this conference when it comes to you know coaching with a mix of the talent, which mix of all, everything you want in a team. They obviously announced their their starter is going to be Stroud. Um, Buck, now how we feel about that? Good thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm excited. I think he's the right guy. I think that's what people thought was going to be the guy. So now it's just a matter of is he the real deal? All right. Um, speaking of the real deal, they got a great wide receiver corpse, man. Uh, I think I still think of Wilson. Uh, if you go back and you look at the stills of the pick of the catch he made that originally was ruled incomplete and it got overturned in the Fiesta Bowl, just look mm-hmm. right behind Wilson, like where his cleat is in the air. You'll see my fat head right behind him. I'm standing right there. I couldn't. Uh, big old Tom Angle and I were standing right there, and I couldn't. I just turned. Speaking around, of Buck Dunn, who is this kid? His feet were seven feet in the air. Um, but Olave obviously is back. I know people are gonna, you know, not know if Teague's gonna be the guy at running back. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, so I think the days there are are people wanting somebody new. Uh, so oh, they're going to get him. Yeah. And um, I I like the over. I think Ohio State rolls. I think they make the playoff. Um, that's what I got in there. I would take the over on 11. Lay the $2 to win the conference. Uh, conference win total is eight. That's a free roll to the to the over. I mean, in case of a shock loss along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you said Master Teague. Like, Trevian Henderson's going to be the guy. And, right. and there, you there go. are – there are people out there who are close to the Ohio State program, and they're not former Buckeyes who are on the set. This is coming like they think that Henderson is better than what J.K. Dobbins was already. Wow! Again, if you're looking for like these ridiculous Heisman, is he available for that, Heisman? He's available at a hundred, I think a hundred, hundred fifty to one to win the Heisman. And again, All you're right. running into you're running into a situation where you've got the two wide receivers there and the quarterbacks. And maybe you've got a little bit of a split vote situation, Yeah, but at the same time, like he's the real deal playing Ohio state to win the national championship. It's six to one or whatever is a, uh, is a great play too. Like people, I think are just making bad assumptions because fields is gone and they saw the defense get shredded by Alabama in the title game mistake. Yeah. 
If you're a fan of anybody else in the Big Ten, you want Ryan Day to leave that program. That's exactly that's, and, that's and, the and, only and, way I see hope for you. And I mean, I, I, I love that dude, man. I, I absolutely <laughs> I love, love him. Dude. Love him. Um, and no Iowa, no Wisconsin on the schedule. I do find it interesting, and this is one of the things I want to see. Week one, I really want to see that front seven against Minnesota's offensive line. Minnesota, you say what you want. They do a great job in the run game. Ibrahim's uh, probably the most underappreciated kid in the league, I think. Um, so I, I, I want to see Ohio State against that run, uh, running attack because that's going to give me a sense of how elite they could become um, knowing the guys they lose every year uh, to the draft with the talent that they're bringing in. So you got it there with Ohio State. Uh, moving down, Wisconsin, nine and a half. Really interesting schedule to me as far as chances – to show out and how good they are and prove people wrong um, when it comes to their thoughts about what you think of Madison after last year. Uh, you know, Mertz comes on against Illinois. We know what happens there. They go to Ann Arbor and roll. And then, you know, COVID and, you know, plenty of teams uh, had that scenario. But I think when you look at Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator there, I, I trust him as much as anybody when it's calling the shots on the defensive side, that schedule against Notre Dame, or I should say Penn State at home in the opener. Um, if, if you don't get that one, I don't see how you go over nine and a half. You also got Notre Dame in Chicago. The following week, you get Michigan coming in. Uh, you get Army coming into Madison, which, uh, which should be interesting. Uh, you get Iowa at home, and you get Northwestern at home. So I don't see nine and a half. I think they're going to be a really solid football team. I have Iowa winning the West um, this year, but I I'm excited to see what Wisconsin brings to the table because it feels like there's a, there's a, there's a come to get, not, not like the basketball team. Uh, I do feel like there'll be a more cohesive unit. Um, interesting uh, season is for sure. Uh, with Wisconsin here at nine and a half. Yeah. I think last year was a total aberration for Wisconsin. Okay. I think 10 and two is the most, most likely scenario for them. I, I think they'll beat Penn State in the opener. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll beat Notre Dame in Chicago. And, and then how many more opportunities to lose do you really have? I, I think the Cone, the Cone Mertz dynamic really hurt that locker room last year. I think Cone was a guy that the team kind of revolved around. And when he and, and look, if you're Chris, you can't bench Mertz after what he did against Illinois in that opener. No. And and I, I think that I think Cone not being around and being being the guy, I think some some players kind of felt bad about that. And then you had the concussion issues, wide receiver and the injuries. Like, I think Wisconsin has a massive bounce back year. I, I think we've already talked about that, how much we like them against Penn State in that opening week. I don't know what the number is now. I don't know if I'm going to like it as much. Five now. It's five now. So, yeah, we got it. We got it earlier. So, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes uh, from there. But, I, th- I think Wisconsin gets back to the Big Ten championship game and, and they want to play. I, I think okay. – I, I hate to say it, but I just think it's kind of a, another chalky-ish type uh, Big Ten championship game with, between Ohio State and Wisconsin. I want to say Wisconsin – I'll give you a trap game. At Purdue, October 23rd. It's after they play Army, and it's the week before they play Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Purdue, I mean, we'll talk about them. I just – you know, knowing – what Wisconsin is defensively Purdue's like that outlier. That's just going to take shots all over the field. They got an NFL receiver. 
I just think I circle that game as a, as a possible um, tough one uh, to pull out on the road. Uh, moving down, Penn State, nine. I've talked about it. I think the schedule versus what they have on the roster is not a good mix. I think nine and three is a good season for them, a really good season, and that is a push. So that's why I would lean um, the under on that because I do think uh, the schedule they got. At Iowa, at Ohio State. Yes. Um, at Wisconsin. At, at Wisconsin. Um, Indiana early on at home at Maryland. Um, they got rolled last year. I would expect them to bounce back. That's later in the year. But I don't see a tough November for them with at Maryland versus Michigan. Um, so hopefully we get some, some losses there on that standpoint. Um, obviously at Columbus. Uh, but that's, I mean, I like Clifford. I, I do, I mean, look at what Penn State's doing recruiting. I, I expect huge things from them in the next couple of years uh, with bringing in more talent. Um, and I will say, I, I don't know what the spread is. I love them in that whiteout game against Auburn. Uh, that's going to be, so that's week three. Um, coming, off, whatever, coming off losses to uh, Wisconsin and Ball State, they rally. Uh, I think they I'm get kidding. it together ah, against I'm Ball kidding, State. I'm <laughs> uh, but whatever it is, I just think Auburn is in a spot where a new regime there, and that Penn State fans are going to want to prove that they are a better atmosphere than any SEC school for that night game. And I'm just here to tell you, no matter what you do, Penn State, you're not Baton Rouge on a Saturday night. So I'm sorry, you're not in that. You're not the best atmosphere, and I know you're going to prove it to be. So why? Um, that's why I like you in that instance against Auburn. Um, moving down, Iowa. I, I like them to win um, the West because, uh, you know, obviously the Iowa wow, State you like game, them to beat Wisconsin in the West. I do. I do. I, I, I look at what the, how they improved last year. I know people are going to point out that they lost to Purdue. But the end of that season, they get Indiana to start the season, who I, I – you know, we'll talk about them. I, I believe next as we go down the list. I just, I just like, I, I like the the capability of the quarterback. I, I think he he's got a big arm. Which when Iowa has a guy that could do things from that position, they somehow magically get everything to work out. Be a heck of a lot more accurate with that arm and make better decisions with yes. that arm too. <laughs> and, and I and I expect that with another year of experience. Um, and I just I I, I look at what they're capable of. Uh, I look at the schedule. You know, we just talked about Penn State's got to go there. Um, they do travel to Wisconsin the day before Halloween, um, which I think will be a very, very important game when it comes down to the West. But I, I, I mean, it's it's tough to when you when you ask me who I trust more, Paul, Chris, or Kirk Ferentz, um, it's really tough. <laughs> uh, but I just feel like uh, Wisconsin's getting a little more. Than they should. I think Wisconsin has that, that Notre Dame game is is interesting. I want to see exactly what they have week one, um, but I think Iowa is, is has the goods to do it. And um, that you know, just going back to last year, they won their final six games, um, five of them by at least two touchdowns. Uh, they got an All American at center. Um, the back end of the defense might be as as good as there is in the country, and they very easily could have been undefeated last year. I mean, the, the way they lost. Those two games to start the year were just by five points. Yep, (laughs) and running running plays in in, in the red zone and not scoring. Mm -hmm. They 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 very easily could have been undefeated. But at the same time, uh, they do lose so many guys from from the defensive side of the ball. That can they can they potentially perform at that same level? In the last four seasons, 
No Power 5 team has intercepted more passes than Iowa, which is astounding to me. I would never um, think that. So the yes. entire secondary is back. Exactly. Um, I, I, I like I like Iowa for that reason. Indiana, seven and a half. You're on the under. Yeah, I, I got uh, it at eight. I got it at okay. eight. I don't want to be full, full disclosure. Full disclosure. Um, say seven and a half. I, I still think it's potentially – uh, worth the play, and I'll be on. I I will be on Iowa next week minus three and a half against Indiana, uh, and that opener. I just think a lot of the stuff that uh, Indiana did last year and, and reward them for uh, for having the year that they did and, and beating Wisconsin and beating Michigan and in coming back uh, against Ohio State when they were down five touchdowns in, in the game. Uh, I just. I just worry that a lot of the other defensive type metrics weren't aren't really sustainable uh, in terms of forcing turnovers and getting turnovers and, and 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 the red zone defense and keeping teams out of the end zone, especially uh, when, when you don't have a uh, Ken Womack as your coordinator who, who's gone now and, and you lose Jamar guy like Jamar Johnson. So in, in a normal year, seven and five, eight and four would have been would have been considered a great year. I, I just think. I'd be careful about expecting Indiana to be in like a, a nine and three type yeah. type team this year, especially with the with the schedule that they have. They, they, even though the Ohio State game is home, they're not going to be at Ohio State. You go to Iowa, you go to Penn State. Uh, they, the bucket game, the bucket game is in is in West Lafayette. You go to Michigan, who who can't possibly be as bad as they were last year. Cincinnati go, goes to Bloomington, but and that's certainly not going to be. Who you got in that game right now? Who do you think wins? Right now, the game, the game is September 18th. Yeah. It's less than a month away. Stop. Come on. <laughs> I'm curious to see what, what, the, what the number is. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, what I think people, people might be a little um, curious about and, and, and worried about Cincinnati for the running back position and losing dokes, but I hear, I hear Ford is a – yeah. As a dude, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about UC at the running back position, I and I think I think they'll be okay on defense without even without Marcus Freeman. The interesting thing about Indiana, I don't know if you want to segue to to Purdue right after this. Remember when Brom took over and like they were going to be like the next big thing, like in the uh, great year, pull the upset of Ohio State, and it looked like they were on the on the up. Like mm-hmm. Indiana's past them now. Yes, so, like I'm really curious to see like how Purdue responds this year. And if they have, if they can keep a quarterback healthy uh, to, to have a type of year that I think a lot of people thought Jeff Brom's team were going to have on a regular basis uh, after that, that magical year, a couple years ago. Uh, right there, Purdue. I, I have this here. Brom's 19 and 25. They obviously have two NFL players in the defensive end, Karlofidis and, and Bell, the receiver. 2016 was the last time Purdue had a quarterback start every game. 2016, the four losses by 27 combined points last year. People think they could start four and one. I, they're another one. I need to see it. This is the one 124th in rushing last year. And to me with Brom, when I think about his play calling and, and, and the guts he has is he's taking shots, but what makes that successful? when you could keep the defense off kilter and, and you got big running backs where you got to, you know, the team's got to bring in their big personnel and you can run big plays, pass plays with, with one guy. Um, so to me, they got to get that offensive line back to some kind of, of 
of averageness um, because he's proven when they could do both things, they're they're a tough team to play in that conference. Um, oh yeah, they didn't even try and throw around the ball no, last year. I mean, no, like they were like one, one, one. They were. I, I think they were. They were either like the, the heaviest or like second most heaviest uh, pass run percentages uh, in, in in the country last year. Like like it was it was like air raid esque mm-hmm. how much they threw the ball because they, they just didn't have a run and and that hurt too because of all the quarterback injuries that they had. Yes. The back and forth, you just got a quarterback back just slinging around. So we'll see. And then O'Connell was the guy who beat Iowa last year, and then obviously he gets hurt in third game, and and Jack Plummer comes in, who's who's I would think more of the runner, and you know they combined to complete sixty seven percent of their passes. Um, they got to get the run game going. Um, I do think they could go six and six Purdue, um, which would give you an over, uh, which is set at five right now. Um, I want to bounce back to the East and. Uh, Real quick on Ann Arbor, seven and a half. Um, I, I I think I see seven and five. I think there's some stability there with Cade McNamara as the QB, but they just don't have a guy. Like Michigan's always had a wide receiver, a running back, where you're like, oh, man, what they are, neither. We, what are neither. we going to do with this they guy? Neither. We got a double coverage. They don't have that guy. Their best running back's out in Pasadena with Chip. Correct. Uh, I do think they beat Washington. I, 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 I think they will. I think they'll be 4-0. But then you got road trips to Madison, Lincoln, East Lansing, Happy Valley, and, of course, the Snake Pit in, in College Park, Maryland. Um, so I, I see what he did with the coaching staff to try and change up recruiting and get younger guys to relate to these guys and be more active in the social media. That takes a lot of time um, to me, and that's one thing they don't have in Ann Arbor it is, is time. Uh, so I, I I go under with Michigan. I don't see them uh, beating anybody they're not supposed to. Um, I think they're it's like are they, they're favored in that. I say that, but I'm saying they're going to beat Washington. Or they got to be favored in that game, right? I, I would think a small yeah. favorite. Okay, all right. Um, anything on Ann Arbor? So conference win totals five. Oh, so uh, you lose at Ohio State. You lose at Wisconsin. I, I, it comes down to Michigan maybe you State. Lose, game maybe you lose at Penn State. Michigan State's still good. They're they're they're, they're not in good shape at all. Mm, I can see six and three. That's that's what I, I was saying. I think it comes down I to that. See, one. See, I, I can see six and three in in um in the Big Ten. Okay. I'd be interested in uh, you. You could you could talk me into over five Big Ten wins. All right. Does Jim Harbaugh coach the following year? Yes. I think so. That's a yes for me. All right. Anything else you want to, you know, should we even let you say anything about Ann Arbor? You don't need to say anything. Why do you don't worry? You don't worry about them. Northwestern. What do you, I don't even have their number. I, I know the conference win totals for. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm going to guess the they're right around six. No, they're six and a half, six and a half Northwestern. Um, they obviously have, have talked about the injuries they've sustained in camp at the running back. Um, and here's what I'll say about Northwestern. I'm not high on them, but I'll probably have them in every game they're an underdog. <laughs> that's 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 what I got on Northwestern. I I mean, I mean they're as profitable as a team as I could think of in recent you know history. When you when you have some shekels on them, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. We know Pat Fitzgerald could coach. Um, that's what he's paid to do. Uh, and they you know they they gave Ohio State all they could. 
in that Big Ten title game last year. Uh, but I, I, I look at the, to me when Northwestern, you got to have a difference maker at quarterback. And I thought um, a couple years ago. I mean, we're going back to nineteen now with, with Hunter Johnson, uh, and now he's got he's named the starter. Has he taken those steps? I got to see it. Um, obviously, a, a, a big one to open the season uh, at home against Michigan State. I do think they win that game uh, out of conference at uh, versus Indiana State. I'll be rooting for them to be Michigan State. I can tell you that. Yeah, I bet you will be. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think it's a great um, number, seven and five. You win. I would think you would go over six and a half at Northwestern, just knowing what you're getting from a coaching standpoint. They end the year with all division games. Minnesota, Iowa, at Wisconsin, Purdue, at Illinois. That's interesting. I just, if I were to, again, they're there by staring six and six, seven and five yep. right in the face because I, so I'd be non committal on Northwestern, but you kind of said it perfectly. There will be a game this year where I will love Northwestern. Absolutely. There'll be more than one for me. No doubt. They will, they will, they will look, be the ugliest looking underdog on the board, and nobody will want any part of them. Maybe, maybe it'll be at Michigan. Maybe it'll be at Wisconsin. Maybe it'll be versus Iowa. They will be the ugliest looking underdog on the boat, on the board, and you and I will, will, will be on them. I, I, I just – what they did last year – I talked about it with Indiana and some of the ways they won games and who they beat in certain situations. Northwestern was the same way. You win ugly over Wisconsin in a game where the Wisconsin couldn't stop turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. You won ugly against Nebraska too. Nebraska couldn't put the ball in. Inside you the lose to Michigan line. State. You, you, you lose to Michigan State. You, you somehow shut out Iowa in the second half and rallied from 17 nothing down. Uh, Purdue, you held on in a year. It's back up. I don't know. I, I, you're not going to win every single game like that year after year. Uh, so they're, they're right in that six and six, seven and five range. And that's fine. Yeah. For, for Northwestern this year. And then ne- next year could be a, a new coordinator, obviously, with Mike Hankwood's gone. So again, stay away. I, I'd stay away from season win total type stuff, but but just, just wait for that right time when, when they're catching. When they catch you nine and a half and, and nobody wants any part of them, that's when you that's when you pounce. Yeah, that's a really interesting end of the year schedule for them that I will have definitely keep my eye on. Um, Nebraska and Maryland, both at six. Uh, we know Nebraska is is opening at Illinois. Um, is it, it's at Illinois, right? Yeah. And it's in Champaign, yeah. We're supposed yeah. to be in Ireland, but it's in Champaign. That's right. Uh, overseas. Uh, God bless the people of Ireland not getting that game. Um but Maryland and Nebraska are both at six. Do you see either going over? I think there's too much variance in, in both teams in order for the season win totals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maryland obviously played great at some points last year. Nebraska's win totals I'm staying away from, but I do like Nebraska a lot Saturday. Okay. Uh, the, the, just to give you a Nebraska pick uh, and a week zero pick there along the way. Like I, I think, look, you and I both love Burt. And I think mm-hmm. he, he will do well at Illinois. I think his style and his personality will translate to doing well in Champaign. But I, I think people are losing their minds a little bit with how much they're betting Illinois in this game. Yeah. Like, 
They're, this is not the 95 Huskers. Huh. Like they're better than Illinois. Mm. Martinez is healthy for, for right now. I think Step is going to come in and give them a jolt at the running back position. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt is still one of the better defensive backs uh, in the Big Ten. They, they have some players. Uh, Illinois' defense is, is not good at all and is bad as things went last year for Nebraska. And I remember I talked about earlier about how yeah. Texas had won mm-hmm. a bunch of one-score games. Like in the last, Since Frost has been there, no team has, has lost more one-score games than, than Nebraska except for North Carolina. And they had a coaching change in there. So, like, eventually they're, they're going to get some positive results. And as bad as things were last year, the low point in the year was the game at Illinois mm-hmm. or against Illinois where they turned it over five times. Illinois fumbled four times and didn't lose any of them. Adrian Martinez didn't even play until the end when the game was like outcome was academic. It was just an embarrassing low point. And I think they remember that. I think Scott Frost remembers that. Uh, and I think it's a really good opportunity. I think I think there's some six and a halfs out there. I think there's some sevens. So uh, if, you, if, if, if you can get six and a half, great. If you get seven and buy it down to six and a half, I, I would do that just to be to be safe. But I, I like Nebraska a lot on Saturday to, to go to Champaign and win. I don't know how else to say this, but they have to win that game. They have to win that game, Nebraska. Um, if you want anything to do with, with having some success this year, you cannot start with all that's going on, start with a loss against Illinois. And you mentioned Martinez, and I just keep, I, you know, doing a bunch of stuff this week and asked about this game. Martinez is just crazy. He played his best football as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And I understand there's injuries in there. And then McCaffrey comes in and there's a quarterback situation there. But this kid has the goods. He, he, he's got the goods. And that defense has to be better. Um, with with, with what, what you mentioned, the guys they have, they will be better. Um, but they have to win this game. And I agree with you. Um, as much as I don't want to give points with them, knowing what's at stake and knowing what, I, what I've seen from the last time I saw them on the field, it doesn't make me feel good. But if I have to take the game, I'll land with Nebraska. With the Dirty Terps, uh, Leah Tonga Viola is, is – I mean, you talk about flashes. Last year, obviously, yeah. gets humbled real fast against Northwestern and comes back. I watched the Minnesota game the other night. It was an unbelievable comeback. And then the missed extra point by Minnesota in overtime is why they win. But I think that's how they win. I think Locks has, has done that. I mean, you look at the receivers. They got NFL guys – all over the place for him to throw the ball to. You By know the they're going to have a running back. I just noticed here, sorry, they were a one-and-a-half-point underdog at Indiana last year. Point, the great Indiana team that was the second-best yes. team in the Big Ten, they were a point-and-a-half dog in Bloomington. I'm assuming that was game without Penix, if I remember correctly. Yes. Still, yes. that's insane. Yeah. And then they got held scored 11 points, got blown out. Yep. Um and I just uh, – you talk about it. so volatile with the talent. They're not built great on the on either side of the line, and that catches up with you in this conference. I think six is a perfect number. I think six and six is what I have pinned at Maryland at. Um, obviously, week one is huge. If you don't get that one, you're not getting the six. I don't see it. Um, and I do think they beat West Virginia week one. Uh, really exciting team to watch, as I mentioned. The talent, the recruiting that he's done, they just need more depth on the on the on both sides of the line, and they don't have it's it right total, now. the total September 25th, by the way. Kent State at Maryland. 
total in that game. A lot. Uh, Michigan State, as we move down, four and a half. Um, (laughs) I I mean, you talk about Northwestern. I mean, that's why week one is fascinating to me because Northwestern, you feel like you know what you're going to get. And Michigan State, I never know what I'm going to get. Uh, with them, uh, a fascinating matchup. Um, I still think there's a lot of work to be done with that roster in East Lansing. Um, the four and a half number tells you what the expectations are. Obviously, someone uh, else, someone on this podcast found a five. Oh, that would be a straight under for me. If I if I did find that five, I haven't found that five. So there's your answer to that question. Uh, what do you got on, on Sparty? Yeah, a five. I'm where I was ready to pounce on the under. Uh, I'm sure that five is long gone now. Mm-hmm. I, I just the talent here, the drop off has been quick and obvious. Uh, I, I know it was a late hire last year, and it was a bad situation for Mel Tucker, and, and they they raided the portal to bring in some guys. They like they, they Crouch, and in, in, uh, what what Anthony Russo from Temple is going to be their quarterback. I don't mm-hmm. know how much of an upgrade uh, that really is from your from your guy Rocky Lombardi, but I, I just I, I don't have a good feeling about this team at all. Like uh, other than Youngstown State in Western Kentucky. Where else are you? Can you forecast a win? At Northwestern, is they're going to be a dog? At Miami, they're going to be a dog. Home against Nebraska is a toss-up game. Uh, at Rutgers, I mean, sure, this is a, they they lost to Rutgers last year. Yeah, uh, in, in week one. At Indiana, Indiana is, is still going to be more talented than them. Uh, Michigan comes to East Lansing, but. I know, I know they, they beat them last year, 27-24. Purdue on the road, toss-up game. Maryland, Maryland's going to be able to score points. At Ohio State's a lost Penn State at home. Like, like they're, they're, they're not going to – at five, if, if five, they're not going to beat me. No. They probably wouldn't beat me at four and a half either. I would still be under here on Michigan State, even if it is four and a, four and a half, because I think you probably get some plus money at four and a half. I agree. Uh, Rutgers is at four. I like the over here. Um, I think they're going to be 3-0. and Temple is not good. At Syracuse, you have to win that game. That's going to be – Shiano's going to build that up for a Super Bowl. I know Syracuse doesn't do well recruiting anymore, but just to just to really uh, pounce on that idea and, and, and play in the role of the Big Ten versus the ACC in that one. Then you get Delaware. You should be 3-0 and when you go to, when you go to Ann Arbor. Um, and then you mentioned the game. They get Sparty at home. Uh, numbers four, I, I, I think you got to push by October 9th. And then you got a bunch of games at Illinois, at Northwestern, uh, Maryland at home. You got a lot of chances for wins there. I, the, the, the one thing, and, and that's why another year of Shiano, you know, instilling that discipline is there, there's not a high ceiling at quarterback. He'll, he'll, um, he'll, he'll give you what he's got. Uh, they need him to be mistake free. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be close to that. Um, especially in those first three games, uh, I like the I like the over with Rutgers. Yeah, it's I, I will need them uh, next uh, next week to beat Temple, so I have a Temple under yep. season win total. So I'll, I'll need them. The, the the one thing I worry a little bit about Rutgers is I think they are going to struggle still uh, a little bit offensively. You talked about the quarterback yeah that situation again. They they really lived and, and died off of positive uh, turnovers and, and, and things like that last year. So maybe they take a step back, but 
but but but I, I love Gleason. Uh, I love I love Shiano. Mm-hmm. I think this team is on the on the up. This could be one of those years where you kind of take a little bit of a step back, maybe one loss record wise, but you're going to be better on the field this year and next year is when you really make a step forward and potentially get to to six or seven wins and, and get back to a bowl game. Or uh, I, I'd be, I'd, or, I'd be a little, or maybe or, we're a year ahead on Rutgers. Maybe. Ooh, we are, so, so, so Rutgers twenty twenty one is Iowa State twenty twenty. Is that what we're saying here? Maybe, 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 maybe. I hope so. Um, we need to stay. We 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 need, we need sons, sons to be good. Yeah, you still got the helmet, right? Absolutely. All right. I just want to make. I was sure. going to say, if this were actually if this were actually a video podcast, I'd go get it right now. Uh, finish it up with Illinois. Um, three and a half. Uh, like I said, as much as I love uh, uh, Bert. He's as stubborn as a coach as I've ever met, talked to, hung around. And it was to his good fortune in Madison. I think it ended up getting in the way in Fayetteville. And then you factor that in with going to coach with Bill Belichick and, and being around him. How much, you know, has he learned about changing maybe things that were just so set in his ways, knowing what kind of guy he is? But also, and this is what we talked about with teams previously, how much can he adapt knowing he has so much lack of talent? Uh, that's, yes. a, that's, a, that's a tough mix, and I think it just goes back to discipline, with able, being able to discipline your guys and let them know this is how we got to do it, whether it's the right way right now or not, but it's going to make us better in the future, and that's a tough thing for me. Um, I'm staying away from, from things in Champaign this year. Yeah, but I will keep too. my eye on them. I will, and I think in order to get to that over three and a half, they're probably going to have to win this week. Got to win. You uh, have you, to. You, I mean, because UTSA is not a – we talked about that. No. That's not Road a Road runners, baby. That's not a gimme next week. You go to Virginia, you're going to be the dog there. Uh, Charlotte will be a win. Sorry. Rutgers at home. Like, like if you don't win – you talk about the game that's going to depend season win total for both Nebraska and Illinois. Like, this week, I think it, – it, it, like, I, I think the winner, the, the winner has a great chance to go over and the loser, forget about it. You go to your – in an, up, in an uphill battle. I, I just don't see a lot of opportunities to win games there for, uh, for Illinois. All right. Uh, anything week zero? You love Nebraska? Ne- Nebraska is the only thing that I, that I saw that, that I loved. I'm, I'm curious to, to watch uh, UCLA just to see how much Chip shows mm-hmm. on offense with the LSU game coming in the following week. I, I know I, th- I think Charbonnet is going to have a big year. I, I think uh, the tight end Dulcich is, is going to have a good – a good season as well. I'm curious to see how all Todd Graham does against a a, a Pac-12 team, uh, former ASU head coach, former everybody's head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I defensively, I don't think they're going to get many stops, but uh, we'll see. The only, the only thing uh, for the Big Mike Happy Recap in terms of a week zero will indeed be the University of Nebraska at Lincoln, minus the uh, the six and a half against the, the Illinois Illini. Um. I want to point out. Oh, I wanted a team total on UCLA. I don't have one. Um, it's going to be uh, like I, I, I have one. Okay, I have one for you. I, I noticed that last night at the uh, at, a, at a site I was poking around on. While you get that, I just want to let you know it's going to be 106 degrees on the turf at Fresno State for the Huskies when they visit. Oh. 106. Well, uh, it, it's a it's a warm it's a hot week in the nutmeg state this week. It's like it is. it's going to be in the, turn, it's going to be in the nineties. Turn the heat up here. in the indoor facility, Randy. Got to turn it up. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, I would look at UCLA team total. UCLA um, team total is over under sixty. What, 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 what do you? Let's do it this way. What do you think it should be? Thirty-eight. Then you are definitely. Then you are definitely um, low. It's forty-two and a half. Ooh. So does that affect your thinking at all? Is, is that <sighs> is that too high? Hmm. I think it's a little too high. Okay, so we so you would not go over forty two and a half then. No, because if they go there, if they get to thirty eight, <laughs> whatever, I think they're going to pull. I think they're going to pull pull the starters. And you, uh, the University of Connecticut's team total out there in Fresno is seventeen and a half. Ooh, that's a good number. Uh, and Fresno State's is forty four and a half. So. I'm not, I'm not expecting a uh, a close game out there. No, no, but I, I want to see both those because we obviously um, talked about Fresno State last week. All mm-hmm. right, so I don't, I do not have a play. Uh, Bears lock of the week is the Huskers. Um, all right, next week, no excuses. We got, we, I already got games circled. Um, so a lot of my work for next week is probably already done. We just got to keep an eye on, your, eye on that injury wire. Um, <laughs> Buckle up, Bucknut. Time is here. I'm ready to go. You got a pick for the people? You got a future? You got a season win total? You heard all our talking. Who do you like? I like Bears uh, national championship pick. <laughs> I, 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 all right. All I do right. think that's... I think the Indiana one, I have family that's all Indiana fans, and I, I think this is the year where they have some pressure on them. I, I think the under is where it's going to be, though, unfortunately for them. But I, I'm, I like their program. I like Allen, but I just – everyone doesn't look at them as that cupcake anymore. Yep. Just like that, you, that, that, just like you're great at just pooping on family members, that, just pooping on their hope. Pooping great, on their that's hope. a great theme. It's a great theme for 2021 uh, expectations for the and they're like, yeah, first, first time, long time <laughs> expectations for the first time or in a long time, Indiana, North Carolina, Iowa state. How do we, how do we respond? We'll find out sooner than later now. We're here. Um, That's it for me. Bear, take us away. Unless you bet, the more you lose when you win. You can listen to follow the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, don't miss more from Stanford Steve on ESPN Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. And check out the Bear on College Game Day on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.